Welcome to the Designer Boss Podcast. Listen, learn, lull, and level up with the ultimate success guide for web and graphic designers. My name is Anna Dower. I'm a cake-loving, success-slaying graphic design mentor. And I'm Emma Kate, your personal sensei for mastering the wonderful world of web. Together, we'll show you how to harness our tried and tested experiences and hard-earned lessons while you soak up everything we know about building a successful design business. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Designer Boss podcast. Today, Anna and I are answering another question that was posed to us by um, a lovely lady in one of our groups, Danielle Green. Um, She asked the question, I'd love to hear an episode on onboarding a new client from inquiry to discovery. So basically selling yourself to get them excited and what specifics we should be running through with them. Um, I know Anna is all about warming up a client through emails and so on. So um, they should already be excited, but it's not always the case, right? When people come to us, they don't necessarily come through our funnel. They might be a referral from a past client or something like that. So um, Danielle sort of wanted to hear, I guess, our process and, um, you know, what we do when onboarding a client in our businesses. So Anna, do you want to sort of firstly run through what your process is and um, this awesome warming up funnel thing that Danielle's referring to? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, So most people who end up being design clients either find you through something that you've given out for free. So this is called a lead magnet. And I'm not going to go into too much detail into sales funnels because this is more about the onboarding process. So they come to you from being warmed up, basically. A free ebook, checklist, workbook, webinar, podcast, Facebook post, Instagram post. That's how they find you. Now, when it comes to my client onboarding, I try to follow these exact steps each time. Um, And I say these exact steps because whenever you skip one of these steps, that's when it'll bite you in the ass. So the first step in the onboarding process for me has always been a price list download. So basically on your design website, you have a call to action download my price list um, here to find out how much my design services are, etc. Someone puts in their name and email address, then it sets off an automated sequence in something like MailChimp, Flow, Desk or ActiveCampaign. The price list gets delivered to them straight away. They look through it um, and by sending them the price list straight away, you kind of qualify leads. Um, If you're too expensive for someone, that's it. That's the end of the process now. Um, If your prices don't scare them off, they'll hopefully take the next step to work with you. And this price list isn't necessarily just like an A4 sheet with your prices. It's more like um, a sales kit. It's a multi-page PDF with all sorts of info in it. And there's actually a free template on my website and I'll put the link in the show notes. So that's always the first step. Even if someone 
gets to you via email and says, hey, how much is the logo design? Always then send them to the website where they have to sign up for the price list because it sets off a whole automated sequence of follow-ups. So they get the price list straight away and then I would set up another automated follow-up the next day, which is another email that's basically... Here's that price list if you haven't had a chance to look at it yet. And I would offer them a free 15-minute intro call in that email as well. Like I said, if you're too expensive, they're not going to take the call. And if they're not scared away and they're keen to work with you, they will lock in that free 15-minute chat. That 15-minute chat will give you an opportunity to ask them about their business, what they're thinking. It will also give you an opportunity to kind of showcase how clever you are and give them some ideas and for you to clarify the kind of direction they want to go in. This intro call is super powerful. If you get someone on an intro call after they've seen your prices, the conversion rate is going to be super high to then booking you as a designer. Then they either do the intro call or they don't. They either say yes or they say no to your design packages. If they say yes, the next step in the process is to send them a welcome kit. Now, this welcome kit is, it contains everything, basically. Um, It contains the deposit invoice. It contains the proposed project timeline. It has the brief form. It has expectations. It has everything in it, all in one document. And basically, you do not start work until they have read, um, understood, agreed to, and completed this welcome kit. Now, this welcome kit is super powerful. It sets boundaries. It gets communication crystal clear from day one. It is like the ultimate tool and you don't start any work until you get that welcome kit and that deposit back. And then once you've received it, you get started. So my onboarding process is actually like not too complicated, I don't think. It always starts with the priceless, then the automated follow-up, the intro call, and then the welcome kit. And It is really, really effective. For me, it has been anyway in my design business. It might be different for you, Em, like in the website of business, but that's what's worked for me in design. I think like it was great listening to your process because even though I think we use a little bit of different terminology, when I hear about, say, what's in your welcome kit, for example, I'm like, well, that's essentially my proposal. It includes all of those things. So um, our processes are actually quite similar just with variations um, throughout. So unlike Anna, I don't have a downloadable price list on my website. I actually list my kind of standard website package prices on my website. Now, there are definitely fors and against doing stuff like that. I've found it's good for me um, in the stage of business I'm at now because I just want people to go, yes, I want to work with, like, you know, I'm okay with those prices and I'll work with her or no, and then I don't even hear from them. They don't even, I, you know, we don't waste each other's time. So that works for me just having those prices there. But that is just my standard packages. I just have sort of like the 
standard packages and what's included, often I'm going to be probably quoting a variation of that package for clients depending on their needs. Um, But my sort of process is like they'll see that and then they'll make an initial contact. There's like a call to action right there saying, yep, get in touch. Um, and usually it's to fill out my project inquiry form. And I have quite a detailed project inquiry form to really um, make sure that they're we're a good fit for each other. And in that form, I even have things obviously asking what their budget is, getting a ballpark of their budget. So when they actually tell me what they want, I know whether they've um, got realistic expectations or not. Um, I also have in in there things like my communication policy. I I have like an actual part in the form where it's like, this is how I like to communicate with clients. I'm an online business. Primarily we uh, communicate via email. Uh, Is this going to be okay with you? And they can say yes or no. So right there, if they're the kind of person that wants to jump on a call all the time, they're going to know that I'm not the right designer for them and they're probably better off going somewhere else. So having little things in there, that can um, show potential red flags, I think is uh, really handy. And it kind of means that they can kind of stop filling out the form. If they see things like this and they go, oh, actually, like, that's not going to be a good fit, then they, you know, I don't waste any more of their time and they don't waste any of my time. So it works two ways. And I think that's really handy. And I'll definitely, um, I'll share a link to my project inquiry form in the in the notes for this episode because you guys can definitely feel free to check it out and steal little bits and pieces from that um and then when they uh when I receive the form I'll sort of go through it and just you know double check that we're probably going to be a good fit and um you know they're not necessarily a business that I'm not maybe interested in working with or probably have no no idea about and I'm not going to do a good job for them potentially. Um, If I decide that, yep, they're probably going to be a good fit, then we'll book in a discovery call. Now, this is something that I didn't do for a long time in my business because I just wanted to be an online business. I don't want to talk to people on the phone. Like, I just want to be my little hermit. drag. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to hide behind emails, you know. Um, But it is one of those things that I feel is so beneficial to picking up on more of those red flags. People can um, seem really good by, you know, email or filling out a form or something, but you can really get an idea of the type of person, their communication style, um, things like that by chatting to them on a call. So I find that's a really good way to um, find those red flags, but also to build their confidence in me, I think is Mm. a huge one. Like you said, uh, in your process, you find if they've downloaded the price list, they've booked a discovery call, then chances are you're going to convert them. And I feel like Um, That's definitely been the case for me. If I can get someone on a discovery call and it's only 15, 20 minutes, it's not a long one and I set that expectation early, then it's a really good way of just really clarifying exactly what they're asking for, what they want. Uh, I use it as a a means of of figuring out all the sort of little details of their project so I can quote them properly because the next stage is for me to put together a proposal. Um, So really understanding all that. And then, yeah, we jump off that call and I put a proposal together. And similar to Anna's uh, welcome kit, that's pretty much what my proposal is. It doesn't include the deposit invoice, but it does obviously include the price. Um, And when they get to the end of that proposal, they 
they sign and um, then go ahead to um, give me some invoice details so that I can send them an invoice for the deposit. Um, But included in that proposal, similar to Anna's, is like, you know, how I work, projected timeframes, timelines, what I expect from them, what they can expect from me, communication policy, how many contact hours, like a whole bunch of things to set expectations of what's going to be happening throughout the process of working together. Um, And then, yeah, then it just goes on to obviously deposit invoice, don't start any work until they pay that invoice, super duper important. Mm -hmm. Like I don't even set up like when I get to the part where I'm gathering content, I use Trello, but I don't even set up a Trello board until I've got that deposit because, you know, you just, Uh you can't count your chickens before they hatch with clients. It just doesn't necessarily work that way. Yeah. And like that welcome kit slash proposal is your opportunity to really take charge um, of the project at the beginning. And I think it is really important to include the expectations in there. Like I expect you to deliver on time and follow the timeline and I expect you to not show my designs to everyone on the internet and get their opinion. Like it's a really great opportunity to guide them so that the whole process is really smooth and easy. Also, when it comes to my process where I mentioned having a, you know, price list available for download, taking their email address, that is a really great opportunity to list build. So someone may download your process now, but aren't, you know, completely ready to go ahead with a branding package. But by having them on your email list, you have the opportunity to continue warming them up. So that means sending out regular emails, blogging, maybe getting them into a private Facebook group so that when they are ready to book in a branding project, you're in the forefront of their mind. You've done the work warming them up to get to that point. And also like by having the automated price list, you don't have to spend hours and hours a day in your inbox fielding inquiries and quoting, you know, on jobs as they come in. It's basically, this is my price list. This is what I charge. Take it or leave it. And you're far less likely to discount yourself when you have it set in a document. You know, if you're handling quotes as they come in your inbox, you're far more likely to go, uh, that seems like a lot. Maybe I'll take it down a couple of hundred, mm-hmm. you know. But by having the price list that you just send them to, it's like take it or leave it. Yeah. And I know that can be scary for people, <laughs> but it is totally a process of, you know, getting rid of the tire kickers, the people who are going to be difficult, going to waste your time, like, You don't have time for that crap. So automate it. Having a price list is one of the best things I did in my business, I think, for, you know, making the quoting process easier because it's all there. It's kind of like copy and paste. This is what, you know, this is the price you're getting. Um, But also uh, weeding out those clients that, uh, you know, just aren't going to be a right fit. You're just out of their budget. Um, or even I've found some that they've realized I'm under their budget. You know, maybe they've, they've looked at my price list and gone, oh no, we, you know, we need to charge more. We need to find someone bigger. But, um, yeah, I think having, 
um, that price list there just means that you're not wasting each other's time. They can make that decision without even having to contact you, which is um, just super handy and saves you all that time of quoting, you know, spending half an hour on a quote or something and emailing and then nothing happens. Yeah, and that's when you, like, end up resenting people, like, oh, here's another time waster. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend all this time putting this together and I won't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so important to have, like, a specific process for onboarding, not only for your own sanity but also for your clients. It makes them feel really well looked after, that they can trust you mm-hmm. and that you're in control of the process and people want to know what's happening next. Mm-hmm. Um, if people don't know what's happening next, they kind of panic a bit like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have given her $5,000. She's not even telling me when I can expect my proof, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, people want to feel like they're taken care of and you know what you're doing. Absolutely. And I think like that's such a uh, that's a way of warming up the client in a way uh, and getting them to sort of have confidence in you and a way of selling yourself is really um, giving them that that you telling them your process and what they can expect and where they're up to now and what's happening next and um, that if, if you think of it on the flip side if you were the client that would make you feel so much more confident in that person that you're working with, um, that you've decided to give $5,000 to or whatever to do something for you. So even though you, you it can feel like maybe you're bombarding them with too much information, I don't feel like that's the case. I feel like telling them your process not only helps you in the long run, but it helps them um, really have that confidence in what you're doing and feel like their money's in a good place. Yeah, we want them to feel like there's no question unanswered, I feel. Like mm-hmm. when they feel that safety, it's like, here's my couch, do the do your thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and even on your website, really spell out this exact process. Like this is how you can work with me. This is the process, step one. Download my press list. Step two, this. You know, mm-hmm. make it clear on your website as well. Denny had said here, like, it's not always the case that they sort of come through your funnel. Often you'll get, like, referrals from past clients and, blah, you know, it could be friends of friends and people like that. And I think my, my answer to that is still stick to your process. Yes. And if you if you listen to the episode we did on um, the biggest mistakes that yes. we made and one of my biggest mistakes was not sticking to my process when working with Anna because we're friends. Obviously, mm. she didn't come through a funnel. She didn't find me on Instagram or something like that. We're, you know, we've been friends. We've been doing things together for a while. And so I didn't stick to my process and things didn't go as smoothly as we would have liked. So I think regardless of how they come to you, try to slot them into the part of your process that they're up to and go from there and, yes. you know, say to them, like, even if they're a friend or, you know, whoever it might be, say, I know this might sound a little bit dry, but I think it's really important to make sure you get the best possible outcome and that working together runs smoothly. I feel like this is what, you know, this is the next step. This is what we need to do now. Yeah. Send them to the priceless first. Mm-hmm. always 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 and if they're the kind of person that wants to haggle you don't want to work with them anyway 
you don't want to try to win them over. Like no one wants to work with that kind of client because they will turn into a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So the send them to the process first and if they're not scared of, they can start the process from there. Definitely. And I think that's, that's a good point really is that this process isn't necessarily about selling yourself to them. You know, like you can use that to build confidence and trust with the right kinds of clients. But if they start trying to haggle or be like, oh, no, that's not going to work with me, I really encourage you try not to compromise. No. You know, unless you desperately need the work, you know what process works for you. And ultimately that's going to work for your client in the long run. That's going to benefit your client in the long run. So try to make them stick to your process. And if you feel that friction, Yes. No. Honestly, like if you feel that friction in the discovery process, then imagine when it gets to like round five mm. of amends. Like you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a nightmare. So I hope all of those tips and running through our process helped you, Danny. Like we said, it's really really important to have a process and to stick to it. If there's any other questions about processes, we would love to hear them. It's something that I think we're both passionate about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for um, listening, everyone. We will catch you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the Designer Boss Podcast with Anna Dower and Emma Kate. If you'd like to learn more about us and our upcoming digital summit for graphic and web designers, head to our website, designerboss.co.